Well, what the hell was that? Footy in 2020 is about as predictable as Travis Cloak's goal kicking. Underdogs got up, favourite spell, and now it is apparently pies for Premier's time. And that's before yet another Corona crisis. And with me to smooth out the madness, crunch the stats, and try, probably in vain, to pick some winners is the king of COVID himself, big bustling Baz. Mate, what did you make out of the last week of football madness? It's uh, it's very difficult to tip a winner, that's for sure. I thought... thought 50% going, though is not too bad. I thought going the prop bets over head-to-head because it's out of control would be good. And then Charlie Cameron kicked one goal, Rao got 21 touches or 20 touches, and... Uh, and I went the unders obviously in two games and the overs in the Cloma game and you know at half time I think oh, the overs by how far and then neither of them can kick a goal and see and I so yeah it's just it's uh, it's been, it's a strange strange time now for our footy mm. and it's just I don't think it gets any easier I don't think it gets this this week is is really really tricky indeed but before we get there let's focus on the week that was first segment as always coaches corner. Big question for you after three coaches came out. Leon Cameron, after the Giants, spent too much time playing physical fisticuffs, said we're clearly out of form. Adam Simpson admitted that hub life is difficult for his Eagles. And Matthew Nix basically cried, telling everyone and sundry that he's and the Adelaide Football Club is in a world of hurt. My question for you as the coach of the podcast is, when is, when is being honest a bit too much? And when do you need to show face and kind of go stick with the messaging? Do those three coaches pick the right time to just be brutally honest? Or do you think they all need to kind of like keep the messaging positive so that their players can keep positive as well? Well, Leon Cameron, I think that, that's fine what he said. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Because that's honest and it's, it's the truth. With the Adam Simpson hub life is difficult thing, that's given her an out for me. And that's been their whole mantra since they've been up there. And that's why we've seen them perform so poorly. And, you know, obviously uh, a few other things aren't going away. Like the ground balls now are starting to get you know, out of control, their midfield's getting beaten up and all that sort of thing, but that all goes back to giving them an excuse at the start. So I don't like the hub life is difficult. I don't like the whole excuse that they don't like it. They don't want to quarantine, everything like that. Because for me, um, and I know this might sound a bit old school and stuff, but they're AFL footballers. They're making, still making money. They've still got jobs. They're still healthy. Uh, yeah, they're away from their families for a little bit, but some have their families over there anyway. Um, there's a lot. There's people a lot worse off than that in the world and in Australia. There's people unemployed, not making money, you know, having hard times, especially with mental health and all that sort of stuff. These blokes are pretty lucky to do what they're able to do. So I think the hub excuse and everything like that is a lot of crap. And I really love uh, a few teams' mantra on it. And Collingwood's one. You know, their Instagram post last week was like, you know, yeah, it's tough and it's difficult times, but when we take the field, we want to be stick together and be brothers and have fun and enjoy ourselves and do what we love doing, and that's playing footy. And I think that's why you're seeing Collingwood at the moment play some really good footy and some of the other teams playing really good footy. I think they're just accepting the challenge and embracing mm. it. And, you know, it is what it is. You can't change it. It's out of their control. So, you know, a lot of clubs are saying that and talking about that and they're performing better than the clubs that aren't, that are making, you know, excuses like that. And with Matty Nix, I, yeah, they're in a water hurt. I mean, it's fair enough probably what he said. Um, I think there's some definite issues there still mm. underlying and you know for me hearing what Mark Rusciuto said and uh, I think someone actually went on about this on the radio yesterday or the day before hearing what Mark Rusciuto said about the players you know being 28 and not in their premiership window and then bagging them down and saying they couldn't offer them money they couldn't do this couldn't do that I think that sends the wrong message to some of the players what, what about the players that are at the club currently who are 27 28 um, so what does that say to them like the 
you know, their future doesn't really lie here. And um, and then obviously they all came out and performed as well. And a lot of those players that they've gotten rid of and lost over the last few years, they, they'd easily fit back into mm-hmm. that team. And be, and that's, you look at clubs like Collingwood, Geelong, Hawthorne, um, and of the past, like Brisbane, or, or the, even Richmond to a certain extent, they've been able to keep their group together for a certain amount of time until they get, you know, one, two, three flags. And then obviously as that, when the time comes and that players leave because it, you know obviously the turn, turn the change the changeover effect I suppose that's when they lose those players so Adelaide not having that culture to begin with to, those players just to walk out instead of wanting premiership success um, and obviously board level and stuff like that is a problem so Manix isn't is hundred percent correct we're in a world of hurt they know we need a level but they're, they're in a world of hurt around the whole club at yeah. every level so. Yeah, Adam Simpson didn't like. Matty Nick's correct, but he needs to he needs to get support from the board and the players need to get back together. And Leon Cameron, hundred percent right. They're clearly out of form and they really got to lift this week. And unfortunately, they play Collingwood, so. so it's gonna be pretty tough for the Giants to do that. <laughs> oh no, just, everyone's talked us up this week, and everyone's talked down the Giants. Watch them come out and belt us. No chance, no chance at all. Um, and then I suppose the last bit, especially around the Matthew Nick's piece, is is there ever a need for coaches? to kind of paint a more positive picture. So is it... I suppose the tricky part here for Nick is that he can't do a steward you at Gold Coast. He can't say we're super young, we're going to learn about it, we're going to try and just focus on one positive because they're not super young. Well, they are. They're the third youngest well, team True. Yeah, yeah. On, on the weekend. But some of the, they got some really good young... Like, Hamill was amazing. Yeah. Like He was really, really good. And, and it's sticked to me. Like Kelly they got some really good players around, but they've got their top-end... They don't have the top end talent, and they made a massive blunder by you know, Gibbs. That's going to go down as one of the worst trade deals in history. And like, even you know, getting rid of someone like Lever and who else have they lost recently? Like Eddie Betts and stuff like that. But keeping blokes, there's obviously issues at the club at leadership level and all that sort of stuff. So was it worth keeping? They might be great guys and whatever, but they might obviously not getting along with everyone else because you can tell. But mm. like. Even blokes like Tex Walker and, and Sloan, was that was that smart? Like giving them the money and keeping them on board was that is that the right choice? Mm. You know, so yeah, I think, interesting decisions. I think come the end of the season for Adelaide. But I, I, I would, I, if I was Knicks right now, I'd be playing just as many kids as I can, seeing what what's in their list, um, and and changing positions up. I heard a few people talk about putting Tex back. I like that idea. Even playing him on a wing. He's probably not fit enough, but you know, try him out somewhere else. He's not producing up forward. Um, they've got Himmelberg, play Fogarty and him up forward a bit more, and just yeah, throw the kids in. Like, you know, that Hamill on the weekend was, was so good to see him like play because he took the game on every time he got it. They spoke about it as well in the commentary. Like, he literally took that forty-five kick on. He tried something, and it, it always came off when he got the footy. Mm. So, and he yeah, it was really really good, and hopefully they kept uh, persevering with him and a few other players. And so if you're in his position is now, is that your new story? It's like we're focusing on the future. Do you yeah. just put a line through 2020? Yeah. I, I, My, I, I, and to be fair, I think Macanese has joined the rest of the whole world putting a line through 2020. Yeah, so yeah. why can't the Adelaide Football Club? Oh, yeah. I'd be finding out. <laughs> like, if, he, if he wants a, a long-term future there, I'd be sitting down in the playing group and going, right, I want to see what everyone's got because we're starting fresh now. Yeah. And if you're not, if you don't, I don't think you're going to be here next year or the year after, because you're not good enough or up to stand up to what I want and expect, then um, you won't be playing AFL football. Yeah. And that's the, uh, uh, yeah, I'd be lying the sand sort of thing. And 
start to impose himself on this group and on the footy club and start to get his like his trademark but speaking of what happened moments it's time for big wins and bad beats of round three there were plenty but there were two in particular the first of was Thursday night. Hawthorne, 11 goals, 5-71, defeated Richmond, 5 goals, 9-39. The big question here, Baz, is this the end of the road for the Tigers? Yep. You're going hard here. You're saying yes, it is. Yep. So that was a bad beat for Richmond. That was bad. And round one was bad. And I think... Round two. Round two, sorry. Yeah, I get confused. Um, Look, they're still going to be a top eight team. Don't get me wrong. But I think they're done now uh, as a premiership contender. And... What, why I came to this was I was watching the Sunday footy show and I've seen a few other little things on how they behaved after the, the game. And I, I thought, you know, back last year, year before, that would never have happened. I don't reckon you would have seen players laughing and joking in the Richmond rooms after they lost a game. Mm. Um, and you would have probably seen that response and they, actually, they gave nothing for the whole game, really. It just got me thinking about like other teams that have been in um, little dynasties or little like periods, and and what's happened to them when they've traded out players that are perceived to be you know um, you know the, the bottom six probably on that list, but players with like you know obviously leadership qualities and liked within the group. So you know I went back to Essendon, you know they got rid of like players like Blumfield and Carousel and those sorts of guys back in the early two thousands after they had their couple of run years you know at the top. At, at yeah. the top. Brisbane did the same thing. They they more delisted a lot of blokes because they were, you know they wanted to refresh and, and start again, and so they delisted a lot of blokes. And then they've had a period of you know obviously up until last year of down being down. Um, even Hawthorne once they won the two thousand eight flag, they had a little bit of a turnover in players that they get rid of and get get back in. So it took them a couple of years to rebuild. Collingwood had a massive outing after two thousand eleven, and you know and again. We took us another four or five years to, to get back to it, and even to a certain you know Geelong, even earlier two thousands when they had a bit had a bit of a list turnover as well, which then allowed them to re restructure and re go again. So generally, when you when you I reckon when you lose these players like your Alice's and stuff like that that are obviously seen as you know leaders within the club and they're obviously liked and they work hard, you can tell that they're hard workers and they do the extras and stuff like that. They're the sort of blokes that probably the young kids look up to and still speak to because. You know, if you're Alice and you're the 20th, 90th player picked, you're not going to be like it. And I'm not saying all clubs are like this, but it kind of is. Like, Dusty's not going to go to young, you know, Marlon Pickett and spend extra time doing extras with him, is he? Because mm. he's got enough going on in his own head and he's a superstar. And he, he might still do that, don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm yeah, we don't personally person know him, but that, yeah. for example, an A yeah. grader doesn't often hang out with a C grader. Yeah, and especially now when, when they've got their groups like they are, their groups are eight, you probably need more blokes this year than your Alice's and your Lloyd. That's exactly what's missing now at Richmond. So I just think when you lose those sorts of players, and like I said, from the 2000s when I went through and you look at the players that those teams lost that were, you know, good good people, good quality, and where they are now in football, like a lot of them are good assistant coaches or good local coaches, like they're good people and good 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 leaders in, in mm. football at various levels. I think, yeah, it just takes a little while to reset and it's, they don't have those blokes setting the examples for the younger blokes. So seeing Marlon Pickett and um, Riol, you know, having a laugh and chuckle, and I can't remember who was sitting in between them as well, but you know, and joking about everything. And after the game, there wasn't much, you know. And even you know, Jack Rewalt, you know, he's been talking about it the whole time, 
since COVID's come in and how he's struggling for motivation. Like, there's articles on it. Mm. Um, so, yeah, where's he at? And if the, the boys hear that message, it's a bit like West Coast, really, isn't it? So, yeah, yeah I just don't think they're there this year. And I think that it might take a year or two for them to get back up if these players that they've drafted in and brought in, you know, to replace Ellis and the likes um, reach where they need to be. But And obviously, this year's draft, they're going to pick up some really good talent like um, young Morris Rioli. So, yeah, I just think that they're another... They just drop back a peg or two. And so they can drop back a peg or two in round three, but is it, you seriously don't think... So it's lying through them. They've dropped behind Collingwood. They've dropped behind, like, the Giants. They've dropped behind, like, who are they? Because at the moment, they only clearly two performing sides are Collingwood and Port Adelaide. Yep. Port Adelaide hasn't tested. They're still in that, let's get on the bandwagon too early. Yep. Obviously, Collingwood's been to prelims and grand finals the last three years. So yep. other than that, who are, who are they not better than? I'm still not... I'm still not jumping off GWS yet. Yeah. I still think GWS are a very good side, and geez, is it? If the if if the grand final is played in West Co- over in Perth, um, and and West Coast are now going to have a hub at home, and if they can work on a few things and get their mental attitude right, they're going to have what four or five weeks at home. They can very quickly turn things around and do a bit like what Richmond did last year and come home with because you think about it, they they could get they could possibly get ten weeks at home now. Mm. So, and we know how their record is at home. And, you know, some teams go over to the, the WA hub might struggle like we, like the West Coast have. So I still, I'm still hanging on a little bit to West Coast. I still think GWS are a massive chance. And I, I think, it hurts me to say this because it sounds one-eyed and I know I'm kind of sore, but I think we are that far ahead of everyone at the moment. Mm. Even if we do lose this week, I still think the way we are set, um, the way we are managed, the... The personality is the the belief in the group. I think we are that far ahead of everyone. Portalade's not far behind us. But the one thing that we have above Portalade is depth in our list. Yeah, 100%. So I, I, I started to notice a bit against Frau, Like If they get one or two injuries, Port could quickly drop back. Mm. Uh, but for me, Richmond probably still make the finals, but they don't have that killer instinct. They have that desire. They don't have that, that work ethic anymore. That, that so you don't think they can get that back in 17 weeks' time? From what I'm seeing, I doubt it, and I'm, I'm saying no. Fair enough. I, I don't think they have the, like I said, the cattle they did have because they've had to get rid of them and trade them out. Like they got good off good offers elsewhere, and that has an effect on your list and on your playing group. That's what I was getting at, and that's history does show that if you go through, look at Essendon, Brisbane, Geelong, Hawthorne, Collingwood, um, and Hawthorne again. You look at what they've rotated through after they've had some success because they need to for money and all that sort of stuff. The list turnover, they do have a drop off before they. You know, slightly, slightly pick up, and it has a, a massive impact on the list from, like I said, um, experience and just all round, you know, leadership and, and culture. Speaking of trends and aberrations, Carlton twelve goals, seven seventy nine defeated Geelong, eleven goals, eleven seventy seven. Now, was that just an aberration? Is that a true indicator of where Geelong and Carlton are at? Did Carlton just get lucky? Did Geelong just have a bad day? Carl- or, or a Carlton actually a top eight side, and are Geelong actually poo? Um, Carlton are building. They're definitely getting close, and it's it's exciting. As much as it hurts me to say that, Ge- Geelong. You know what I think of Geelong. I'm not going to go. Th- but for me, with Geelong, surely, surely after what Clarko said, because Clarko spoke the truth on uh, Thursday night, said Geelong are actually no good. Surely, if you're a Geelong player and, and um, Chris Scott, you're going all right. This is what Clarko just said about us. We're playing. It's, a, it's an absolute printout moment, isn't it? Yeah, we're playing Carlton. We know they're going to try and jump out at us because they've been poor. You know, look at their record and they've yeah. spoken about it during the week. Blah blah blah. 
let's let's be ready to go. And they, they just went through the motions and they thought they, they'd win. And they nearly did win, which would have been an arbitration in itself. But yeah, I think mentally, oh, I just don't think Geelong are that good. And it, it, show, it showed when they had to put Danger, Selwood, Albert back in the midfield. Mm. And, it, you know, they nearly, yes, they nearly won the game and stuff, but it just showed their weakness yeah. for me. And it showed that they're still a long way away off. And, yeah, they're going to get games at, in, um, you know, down at Geelong, but now they're going to go to the Perth Hub. So it'll be interesting to see how they go when, with their four or five weeks over there. Yeah, 100%. Another thing I think it showed, only thing it showed about Carlton for me is that when they actually have to realise their potential to be quite a good side is when they freak out still due to their inexperience. So they went through three quarters being like, oh, let's just keep doing it, let's keep doing it, let's keep doing it. And then the fourth quarter when they were like, holy shit, we're going to beat Geelong and Geelong. Yeah. That's when they started to have nervous kicks and start losing that killer instinct and to take the foot off a little bit and be like, oh, I don't know, let's play safe. Nervous, yeah. And that's when Geelong got the opportunity to come back in and try and steal it off them. So. It hurts me to say this so much because, you know, Collingwood-Carlton yeah. rivalry. But how good was it? how good is it seeing Pitney just work his ring off and become an AFL ruckman, and it baffles me how he can do that, and how GWS, who are, you know, and Sydney, and a few other Geelong, who have really good midfields and really good you know, a lot of talent around the ground, but lack a ruckman that hurt them week in week out. How he hasn't been picked, and, yeah. been picked up, and good on him for playing. He's played some really good football, and I hope he perseveres with it and, and sticks at it and becomes consistent. But also really good seeing Eddie Betts and. Just how like, he's one of the best people in football, mm. and just to see him do that stuff, and you know, especially after he copped a bit of a whack from Mark Rusciuto, and yeah, stuck it up him. So good on him, and what with all the crap that happens on Instagram as well with him and social media. So I love Eddie, and it's really good. And he spoke really well last night, uh, you know, um, mm. on AFL three hundred and sixty. Just needed to shut Robbo up, really. Which is probably a common trend. The last one's a little uh, tidbit for us as we go into the tips. I think this year especially, home ground advantage is dead. So we mentioned it last week briefly, but I finally found some numbers on it. Uh, Care of uh, HPN, a nice little stats website. But basically every sporting association in the world where they've come back up during COVID without crowds has seen a 20% drop in home wins. So if anything, for most teams going into a hub can actually be advantageous to them, the whole Collingwood mentality. We're not seeing it quite play out here, but with more games in neutral venues basically now, there's no real two-goal, one-goal type advantage of being yeah. a home to anymore. So take that on board with your tips this week because, yes, home ground advantage is basically gone in this COVID era. Well, especially a lot of the grounds are now the same size as the MCG. It's only really Geelong that yeah. it, it, it differs, I'm pretty sure. Most of the grounds are very similar to the MCG mm. now. Per stadium adjusted, so it can be like the MCG, and it worked for West Coast first year in. But yeah, I think Geelong is the only ground now that isn't. Geelong yeah, probably similar. on the SCG as well. Yeah, SCG oh, is pretty small. Yeah, so two out of the grounds that played AFL on are pretty similar to the MCG. So mm. I think yeah, going forward, obviously travel and stuff like that. But if you're in a hub, then how's it? Yeah, you're not travelling as much, so. Our stock market after round three. Our shakers of the week, we've already mentioned two of them in depth. So Adelaide are zero and three. They're pretty much a gimme for the spoon. I don't know how they get out of, the, out of, the, out of this hole. Uh, they probably have to bottom out. They probably want to finish last now, actually, to get some good picks. Well, they've got two first-round draft picks. Yeah. So 
so they'll be all right being the Spooners. And in West Coast, one and two, but we are not putting a line through them yet. So buy up on West Coast as their value drops because they'll be making it back after they get out of the hub. Well, that's big bustling business prediction anyway. But GWS are one and two and are playing boring as batshit footy. Has Leon Cameron forgotten how to drive the Ferrari? No. You, you, they, last Friday, they were missing three pretty important players. Yeah. Uh, and the fourth one went down very early in that game. So, Tarano's not back for a while. They'll probably get Kelly back this week. Whitfield will come back. Green. So, Green as well. So, he's still... And the problem with GWS is they've had to turn over players because of salary cap. So, that, you know, they keep losing the, the players like the Trelaws of the world. and But they keep getting good first round early picks in. So, it just, just going to take them a few games to adjust. And we saw him play a few young kids again on the weekend. So, they'll be fine. And... They'll get those three players back and they'll get Toronto back and they'll be fine. So And Jeremy Cameron can't have another stinker like that um, again. So well, he might. He's a bit overrated. But you know, again, I won't get into that. But you're not, you're not selling your stock on the Giants? No, no, if anything, I'd probably buy, buy some more early. Buy, buy some more now while they're, while they're dropping out. I mean, we spoke about it during the week. This is about the time last year where I, I bought up on Richmond and made me a heap of cash. So I might buy up a little bit on GABS. I'm definitely buying a bit more pride and I'm I'm almost stuck in on Collingwood, which is so hard for me to say because... You know it's going to come back to bite you. Yeah, it's definitely going to bite me in the ass, isn't it? So, of the movies already mentioned, Port Adelaide, 3-0, Collingwood, 2 and a draw. The last one, though, Gold Coast, 2-1. and one. Are they real? Are they, can Gold Coast maintain this run for 17 weeks and maybe, you know, jag a spot in the eight? I want to see how they go this week because... So, I mean, we're... I know uh, clubs generally have a a weekly sort of mantra. Yeah, or a theme, yeah. A theme. And the last two weeks, the Gold Coast have had two really good ones. Mm-hmm. And I want to see how they back it up this week. I'm a bit worried that there's a few things I saw them do. In the, I think it was the second quarter when LA got a bit of momentum back that says that there's a bit of me, me, me about them a little bit and... Still a bit of unsureness on the game plan, but they were able to obviously readjust after half time because Stewie's just such a god. Um, yeah, if they can win this week, then I might have a little nibble. I might have a little nibble and then finish in top eight. Or there's currently three dollars thirty to finish top eight. Um, because yeah, looking at the rest of the teams, they're probably not that far off. So, but I just want them to keep backing up, and yeah, this week is an important game for them. Yeah, hundred percent. So it is bizarre to see that Gold Coast. Are basically equal odds at three bucks with Eston, North Melbourne, Sydney, and Melbourne, with Carlton and St Kilda just behind at four dollars and four dollars fifty. So very odd to see Gold Coast Suns up there, but good for footy, good for Queensland footy, and good for our dear friend Stewie Jew. All right, into our round four previews. Round three was another impossible round of tip with four favourites losing by significant margins. But for what it's worth. Here's how we read the tea leaves in round four. And it starts Thursday night, 7.40. Sydney are $1.80 favourite. Western Bulldogs are $2 outsiders. This game will be at the SCG with a one and a half point line and the over-under will 125. Which of these two outfits did we see last week? Did we see the bounce-back team or did we see the real deal? And that's their actual DNA, that's their actual culture because... They came back in round three very different size to what they performed like in round two. Yeah, but how many times have we seen this from the doggies? We've seen this a lot from the doggies, and I do not trust it at all. And if anything, that's the one reason why I'm going heavily on in Sydney in this game, 
Because I know that Bevo, and he did his classic Bevo. He, he would have done the body, you know, draw up all the, this is the just, let's say about it, it's going to come and ruffle our feathers, going to try and get a revenge game. He would have done all of that. He mentioned it in the press conference that we let we let um, uh, the bolt down last time when we met them in the finals. Yep. X, Y, Z. And we just know that as soon as he does that, the next game they play poo. It's a big drop down. But surely, maybe this year, they all buy in. It was... Um... 2016 stuff. It was interesting like listening to the commentary the old dogs are back. They're only there for one year. Yeah. So I don't know how you can find old dogs it was a one year trick for me but anyway I'm just excited for this game because uh, an old Brighton Brighton Grammar boy mm-hmm. he's making his debut Louis Butler from a very good family um, good person and hopefully he uh, has a really good game. So that's all I really care about at the moment for this game. I'm not having a bet because it's just, you don't know what you're going to get. Sydney were really good last week against North. Arguably should have beaten Essendon. Um, but then North were probably off a bit as well. Back at the SCG, which at the moment, they're, they're not really winning a lot of games at the SCG anymore, Sydney. They've, I think they've got a, actually a, a loss now. It's in the loss column, more losses than wins. Yeah, way more. It's like yeah. 4 and 14 over a long period of time now. So. Yeah. Um, I'm probably going to tip the dogs. Uh, yeah. I'm just hoping that they can back up what they did last week and for me like Tom McCartan's out and I just unless Heaney has a really good game again I can't see a bit. I'll tell you what one thing for certain this game will be unders because the Doggies again struggled to score 60 points last game even though mm-hmm. they won against GWS and Sydney again I, I can't see where they're going to kick their score from so Heaney needs to have a big game and, and you know I, I, yeah you say that, that Sydney can't kick a score. They're ranked third in the comp for points four at the moment. They're averaging 70 points a comp, uh, 70 points a game so far. Tom Papley, Isaac Henry have already got six for the season. Louis Taylor already has four. So they've gone small and it's working for them. And there's and the dogs aren't big. No. So you can go small again. But the way that the way that Sydney plays it, they, they, they just, you know, dump kick it into the Keith Keith's never field day. Mm. So and it was like when Essendon played, you know, Hurley had a pretty good day down back and so did uh, Hooker and stuff. So, like, they got some big, good marking defenders, Western Bowls. I reckon they just can have a good day defending. So, and like I said, unless Heaney has a day out again, um, Papley gets amongst it, whatever. But, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I, I got talked out of it last time with Essendon. You did? But I'm sticking with the dogs. I'm sticking with Louis. Yeah. Louis. Uh, and, yeah, I'm going to go to the doggies to win. And, I, like I said, I reckon both teams will probably still score under 60 points. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I reckon City for mine. There's a couple of uh, betting trends here as well. So the Dogs have lost nine of their last ten interstate night matches. Uh, Sydney have covered the line in each of their last six night matches. Uh, and But you are right, though. All of the last six night games with involving Sydney have gone under. So under is the obvious bet if I'm going to put some money on it. But my tip will be with Sydney. Friday night, 7.50. The Giants are $2.10. Outsiders versus Collingwood. A dollar seventy four traveling favourites. Going to be playing at Giant Stadium. The line here is just under a goal. The over under a very paltry one twenty two point five. Now, was Collingwood's game last week actually a much bigger win than what it said on the scorecard, or is not finishing your shots actually a concern for you at the moment still? Because you didn't kick another big score. You still haven't done that yet. And that wasn't against a great side. So it's kind of okay. They're probably going to try and be in and around the eight. But you still didn't make a big trademark, we're going to flog some teams this year performance on the weekend. It was a bit like um, the Richmond game. We 
first half was really, really good. Then second half was just really sloppy and mm. all over the shop. Like, just really poor football to watch from both teams. And it does worry me a bit that we're not scoring. And you spoke about the stat last week about us... Um, Long periods of no scores, yeah. Against Especially against the top four teams, mm. I think it was. Yeah. So, and the Giants are a top, a top four team. So, it's a bit concerning and... But when we when we play like we did in that first half, that ball movement and that forward line we've got going, you know, just so dangerous with Goey and Jamie Elliott and Stephenson and <sighs> Big Meso is going to be back this week because he trained in the main group and Darcy Cameron didn't, so that's going to throw another little little difference to the mix, I suppose, because he's been out for a bit and he does give us, he gives a, I reckon he gives us a bit more than what Cameron does. Mm. Because he, he does those little tap-ons and little stuff, those little things that are pretty smart that go unnoticed a lot. Um, I just don't know how... It's hard to say because obviously JBS put in two stinkers, but surely they can turn that around. And they would have had a pretty honest session, pretty honest um, chapter in a week. They get three pretty good players back. Um, so at home as well and we've been talked up all week and are we able to kick a score so but then again are GWS able to kick a score they haven't really kicked a score the last two weeks they might kick, and even their ball movements changed though and so this was mentioned a couple of different platforms but basically they've gone to much safer transition from defence and in the last I think what since halfway through 2017 they've gone from being a top four points and turnover side to a bottom four points and turnover side yeah and, uh, so they play very slow football nowadays well, well Collingwood um we hammered St Kilda from turnovers and stoppages. Yes. And that, that, that's the other thing. So, you know, Jacob's got towed up on the weekend in the ruck against English, who's had a... He's he's going to be a good player, don't get me wrong. And, but he had, he's still he's, developing. And you would have thought that Jacob's would have yeah. the have the, the advantage over English. Yeah, and, and Grundy's going to have a field day against him. Mm. So that, that's that's probably the, the massive advantage we have is our midfield will get, you know, silver service again, as long as the GWS don't shark it too much. Chalord probably doesn't come in. I think he's gonna have another week off. So our midfield pretty much stays the same. Look, I'm probably gonna tip Collingwood um, in a close one, only because I, I just think everything is going well for us at the moment, and I hope we don't peak too early. But I would not be surprised at all if GWS. I'm sitting on the fence a bit here. I know, yeah. but um, yeah, GWS just rock up and show something a bit like what the doggies did. Under the pump all week last week, doggies came back and, and you know showed a real spirit and. Desire and I think GWS have now been under the pump two weeks. They generally do turn it around. You generally see clubs when under the pump for two or three weeks show something, unless they're a bottom end team. Um, so that's why I expect like Richmond and GWS to bounce back a bit this week. But I'm hoping that Collingwood is still on. Yeah, underselling still... Bucks and then you're way. This, if there's anything that Bucks loves more than 90,000 under G, it's a, a chartered flight with the boys. Yeah. 11 of your last 13 away games you have won head-to-head against all comers yeah. this is classic Bucks with the boys everyone full love black and white stripes clear clear minds what was that full hearts yeah. clear eyes yeah. can't lose that's what's happening this Friday night I've got, I've Collingwood gone, for the tip I've gone so hard at Collingwood earlier about winning the flag that I'm just a bit tentative now because I've got to be careful I've got to run it back I don't want to be seen as one-eyed that's fine if when you're the clear premiership favourites you're allowed to be one-eyed a little bit my bet for this as well, which I'll circle back on the end of the podcast, but will be, I'm going to keep hammering this bet until it lets me down. Collingwood win the first quarter, Collingwood win head-to-head, and the unders every week until it fails. Five yep. bucks. Great value. 
Saturday, 1.45, Port Adelaide in a litmus test game. Our $1.58 favourites against West Coast, $2.33 outsiders at Metricon Stadium. The line here is 8.5, the over-under, 129. Do we just draw a line through the West Coast Eagles for the next two weeks? And since it came out and said, we don't like it here in Hub Life. We're not very good at ground ball. It's a dewy place to play football. They're playing in the afternoon now, which will help them a little bit. Yep. But do we just say, no, nah, they hate Hub Life. Don't yep. don't tip the Eagles until they go back to West And Port Adelaide play that, that surge mentality mm. really, really well. And again, it showed once the rain hit against Freeman on the weekend. They Game went, over. They went to another level. So, yeah, look, I, I can't, you can't not tip. You just have to tip Port. Hmm. They, it's a real litmus test for them as well. Like they'll be, and hopefully Kenny and Cleese saying always, look, this is this people, is it. This people, is this is the real one. Yeah, we've had so, three warm up games. This is yeah. the real one. And the old Port, old Port Adelaide probably would have lost last week as well. But old Port Adelaide definitely lose this game. No, old Port Adelaide wins this game. Really? You reckon? No, they, they don't. They don't beat Eagles. No, no they, they, beat, they, they, no, they beat the Eagles. They, they just beat. don't beat the Eagles when they're favourites. Yeah. So they lose, yeah, yeah, you're right. so, yeah, 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 yeah. Thanks, mate. Yeah. Um, That's right. Yeah, West Coast has won each of their last five matches as an underdog against Port. Yeah. So this is, this is what I was getting at. Yeah. And you know, again, bounce back ability. Is there any there for West Coast? Their midfield is getting absolutely hammered. Nick Nat was the only thing that kept them in the game mm. longer against Brisbane. But again, after half time, Brisbane just ran pretty much had control of the game, and they were moving the footy really well. And West Coast work rate isn't there, and they're just so exposed, and you just wonder. Yeah, I, I don't have any answers for West Coast. It's obviously a lot mentally, but it's also fundamentally the ground ball stuff. The midfield is not just working mm. hard enough and it's getting getting touched up a lot. And uh, They showed some stats on the couch about the midfield from West Coast since 2018 when they won the flag and it's just a massive drop-off. So are they as good as what we all think? That's that's that's. The I think point. they're good, but only, they, they, but only are good. They're not very versatile. They're good on their terms. So yeah. if they can get their 90 marks and play a kick mark game, they're fine. But if it is a surge game, if the ball's on the ground, not in the air, yeah. then, you know, that's not... If you're entering 50 low and quick as opposed to high and slow, it's a very easy way to beat West Coast, which is why teams like Collingwood, like Richmond, have already beaten them in the past. Like the Giants have already beaten them in the past. And that's why Port Adelaide would probably beat them on the weekend. I reckon Dersman's a massive out. For a second-year player, it's a pretty big out for Port because he's, he's a bit of an X-factor mm. and gets around it with the other boys as well. Um, but I'm definitely tipping Port just... Straight out. Um, I won't be touching anything else. Uh, no, there's not a lot of bet games for me this week because it is a pretty tough round. Yeah. And as we've seen the last two weeks, it's pretty much impossible to tip a winner anyway. I, I, I was looking through. If you, if you tip any more than five the last two weeks, you're... You don't know anything about football. You're off your chops. Yeah. Yeah. You just... You just... Just darts to the dartboard. Yeah. Or you like the names or something. A bit like, you know, someone... Backs, yeah, he backs. jags. He jags a 300 to one horse at the Melbourne Cup. Yeah. Yeah, no, port, uh, port easily. Saturday, 4.35, St Kilda, a $2.71 Outsiders. They're hosting Richmond, a $1.45 favourites at Marvel Stadium. The line here is two goals, the over-under, 127.5. Now, this is a game where you kind of look at that and go, based on current form, St Kilda should be a little bit closer in the odds than Richmond there. But if you think about the long history of Richmond over the last three years, you go, well, clearly Richmond win this game. Well, Richmond should win this game. They should, yeah. Because they're, they're a better outfit. But whether they do or not is another thing. I saw, and again, this, there's been a bit of vision about this on throughout the week. Uh, 
I can't remember the players off the top of my head, but there was a couple of uh, St Kilda players who should have given handballs off to teammates and were a bit selfish. Maybe they've uh, been drinking a bit of their own bath water down at St Kilda. And I have a feeling that Rutten is a type of bloke that would be picking that up and showing the group and saying, this is not what we're about. We're a team-orientated group. We're team-based. You know, everything that there is around teams, all of us, you know, all that sort of stuff. And I reckon that they, he had a good chat to him after the game as well, um, before they left the, the ground. And I, I really love Rats. I reckon he does a great job. And he was unlucky at Carlton. And I think he's going to slowly keep turning these, these guys around at St Kilda. And I reckon it'll be a really close game. And I, but I just think that Richmond are going to have that, that bit of extra edge to get over the top late. One of my bets this week is Richmond won the 12 points. So real tight game. There's a bit of a roughy. So there you go. Um, and obviously Dustin Martin comes back. So mm. yeah, I think if you just go line by line, Richmond are clearly the better outfit, and so that would obviously give you the tip. Yep. And especially, I think that Richmond are playing a little bit of rope a dope early doors. It's very similar to every year that Richmond's won the flag. They always start slow. They're always negative in the win loss, and they come home strong. Yep. So I'm not too worried about Richmond yet, and I do think that against they've played really smart teams that can put a lot of effort into Richmond because A, they're coached by really good coaches, but B, because those sides will most likely be facing them at the later end of the season when it counts more. So they can go and think about how to approach them in September, not only here. Yeah. Whereas St Kilda doesn't have that freedom. They're, they're learning how to play good football first. So they're not going to be able to break apart and keep structure like a Hawthorne or a Collingwood can. So okay. Richmond, with freedom to do what they want to do normally, will, will beat St to be interesting because both teams rucks got smashed mm. on the weekend, so and midfield really. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see how they bounce back from that. Hundred percent. But Richmond the tip here, yep. and probably the unders as well. Both teams coming off five goal games. I don't see how they get, you know, more than ten each. So unless unless Lynch and Rewatt have a day out, but even then, St Kilda stuff to score at the other end. So yeah. so winning the unders there, pretty good value. Saturday at 7.40, Gold Coast are $1.66 favourites, Baz. $1.66! What's going on in this world? Fremantle, $2.18 outsiders. They're playing the metric on. It's a one-goal line. It's 126 point over and under. How long do we ride the Suns into the sunset? Well, so they had, a, they had a, obviously a theme for West Coast. They had a big theme for Adelaide, which was you know them laughing at them last year. Yeah. Can he get them up a third week in a row? Is this some your rolling thing? Does it work for them? Is it? Are they mentally there yet? Like they've had two really good wins, and obviously up and about. But like I said, against Adelaide, you saw you know they started, you know three or four of them were fighting for the same footy, which in in a way is a good thing. But mm. They need to find that balance. You know those blokes trying to take hangers and try and do you know some miracle stuff when they should have been doing the basic stuff, which I've no doubt Stewie Dew would have pulled them in and said, "Oh." Get back in the yeah. into the mode, um, but Fremantle haven't been that. I know. I was about to say. I know they're last. Well, not last. They're equal last, but they're not that bad. They've they're, missed out by a couple of points each game. They really should have beaten Essendon in round one. Yeah. They they they, they pushed Brisbane the whole way uh, last week or two weeks yeah, ago. Round two, yeah. Where you know again Brisbane weren't as as good, clean and as good that round, but still like that's due to Ferro's pressure yeah. and. Even last week, and Fremantle were good for for parts of the game. They dropped in and out a bit. You know, Jesse Hogan didn't get much of it, but his first real game for a while. And obviously, we know how good Fife is. And there's just some other players from Fremantle need to start stepping up, mm. like you know, Sarah and stuff like that. They need to start. 
really having a bit more of an impact on the game. Um, so it does become too easy for teams if they go, we just need to either clamp on Fife or clamp on Walters and then let Owen get off the chain and then when they get off the chain, just swap. Yeah. You can handle that. But if it's four or five or six... Yeah, I think money then, just has to get... Into, yeah. I know he's you know he's probably his last year and everything and he's, he's good for them up four, but he needs to get in the game a bit more, so... I reckon, I reckon Fremantle, I'm going to probably tip and back Fremantle in here to, to win. Um, if Gold Coast get up, good on them, and I'll be happy for them to get up. But I'm tipping Freo just because I think they're almost dual win. They've been pretty consistent, pretty good, and I just want to see... I know Gold Coast have been up the last two weeks, but this is about the time... You know, We talked about this mm-hmm. last year. They've been, they were 3-1 and one or 3-2 and two and the year before as well. So now they've had two wins in a row. This is generally when they start to drop off a bit. I want to see... Another win, another good, consistent performance from Gold Coast before I can start trusting them week in, week out for tipping. I'm going to keep riding the Suns, I reckon. It's a good news story. And I reckon Stewie Jew's finally got a culture at this club that he wants and that he believes in. Yep. And I don't think the WA sides are enjoying Gold Coast, which is strange. But also, no one lives on the Gold Coast. You remember that. No one lives on the Gold Coast. Yeah, but Freo have been pretty good, like... They've been alright, but they're, still not, they're still not winning. I know, but they've been better than West Coast. Yeah, that's not been hard. <laughs> Just because they're sucking quietly behind closed doors doesn't mean they're still not enjoying themselves. So, Gold Coast for the win here as well. Sunday, 3.35. Melbourne are still $2.50 outsiders against Geelong, $1.50 favourites at the MCG. The line here, two goals, the over-under, a whopping in COVID football terms, one thirty-six. Do you believe in the bounce-back Cats? Or are they completely cooked? I'm not worried about Melbourne not playing again. So you, you reckon the week off will have hurt them? I, I can't see how you haven't played like nothing. You like, played nothing in 10 weeks. Yeah, then you come back, play a game. One game. That really, they weren't that clean. They were good for a quarter. Yeah. And then having another week off, and I know they've played inch club, but it, it's... They don't count. It, it's, it's a training session. Yeah, it's a training yeah. session, yeah. So I reckon that has a negative effect, especially conditioning-wise. Touch-wise as well, I reckon, and especially since the new COVID rules where they can't do... I reckon it's it's more... Yeah, for me, I'd, I'd rather be in Geelong shoes, I think, as a player and a coach. Because mm. you know they've had plenty of touch. They've had two games in there, be fitter, run out the game better. And, and Melbourne's form still worries me. The only thing I think about is, it is at the G in Geelong, you know, they're, not, they're away from their home ground, so they, and they're not that good, so... They're not that good. They're not that good at the G... They do have a very good record against Melbourne because Melbourne also aren't. Oh, yeah, good, yeah. So I'm look. I'm tipping the, the Cats to come out really tough and hard. If the Cats don't respond this week after what happened last week and how Scott's been in the media and how the players have come out and spoken, just put just grab a black texter and just with Richmond just put a line through them. So I'm expecting the Cats to bounce back this week and win over the Demons quite comfortably. Yeah, I don't see how the Demons win, especially as you said. There's been no... They proved, basically, for the last couple of years, that they're not great off, like, by themselves on the training track. Uh, yeah, they're all over the shop against Carlton. And then even things just like, you know, having this situation sprung us and, like... They, got, they went a bit into the excuse market, market straight away as well about things they couldn't control. So it's all warning signs that Melbourne are going to do something really melbourne and get smashed. Especially... So Pitney dominated the ruck. Like, absolutely dominated against Geelong. You know, Gorn could arguably take the game by the scruff of the neck and, and he could pick up the pieces and, and you know, carry over the line. But I think Nathan Jones got dropped for the 
Essendon game last week. That's a big statement by Goodman. Like, that's a pretty big statement. So, is there something else going on there? Because I don't think Jones is one of the players that should be getting dropped at Melbourne. You so. wouldn't have thought so. Um, Not one of your hard, tough nuts, but... I know he only had 11 or 12 touches, but then, you know, we go back to the whole Hugh Greenwood. He probably had a bit more of an effect on the game than the, just those 11 or 12 touches. So, it would be interesting to see what happened. But I'm tipping Geelong, um, and I reckon they'll cover that line of 10.5 points. There you go. Put a big fat line through the cats, he says, but then he says they'll cover the points. No, I said, if, I said if they, if they lose, lose, if they if lose, they lose yeah. put, and you know how much I hate the cats, so for yeah. me to tip them, I'm, I'm pretty confident. Yeah, and so you should be. It, I, otherwise, I'd be looking for an excuse for just to tip Melbourne. And if Melbourne do get up, then gee, watch out next week, John. Sunday at 6.05, Hawthorne are $1.57 favourites against North Melbourne, $2.37 outsiders at Marvel Stadium. The line here, 8.5, the over-under, one thirty-five. Now, which north side will show up? Which Hawthorne side's going to show up? Now, which north side first? Because <laughs> we gave them a shot. We, we gave them airtime on this podcast. This podcast used to have one rule, is that we don't talk about north. We gave them praise, we gave them relevancy, and then they proved to us that they don't matter. They are a 10th to 12th side yet again after that performance in round three. Yep. All right, well, Hawthorne then. Yeah, so which Hawthorne side then? No, I'm saying we'll just tip I was going to tip Hawthorne. Yeah, it's tip Hawthorne. We'll go back to... Back to back to that thing. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. No. No, which hawk side? Which, which, and also, which hawk side's going to show up? Well, if they play like, if they play like they did against Richmond last week, they'll flog north. Mm. But problem is, like, historically, they don't. Yeah, I, I was about to say, well, yeah. I wonder what their record... I probably should have done a bit more research. I wonder <laughs> what their record is at, at Marvel, the Hawks. I don't reckon it'll be that good, just off the top of my head. Oh, it probably is fantastic, and I've just talked... No, no, they're, they're not very good at Marvel at all. So... Yeah. Was it... Uh, yeah, here we go. North Melbourne have won each of the last six night matches at Marvel Sta- mm. Stadium. So... And and North have covered the line of their, in five of their last six matches against Hawthorne at Marvel Stadium as well. So do we So t- North at Hawthorne has the wood over Hawthorne. And we, North, tip, yeah. and we tipped North last week. And they let us down. And they let us down. So we're in And the, we didn't tip Clarko. No, and we spoke about the Clarko we effect. Always tip Clarko. <laughs> we broke all my rules. <laughs> and it cost us two tips. Oh, so, so our rules here are we don't like North. Yep. We love Clarko. Yep. But history says that North beats Hawthorne at Marvel. And I'm still going Hawthorne. You gotta go Hawthorne. You can't, you can't. Like, Especially after last week. Yeah. I'd, I'd hate to see the, the presser afterwards if uh, Hawthorne get done here. Very true. Clarko could punch blokes' heads in. And if Richmond didn't have it, like, the the, the running gun to, stay, to stick with that Hawthorne side, North isn't going to have it either. No, nah, because he... And then Kanan coming back in after, an, yeah. after a knock, it kind of leans in Hawthorne's favour. Yeah. Uh, and then there's no crowds, so they're, they're used to playing in a dull, empty marble now because everything else is dull and empty. Yeah. So, Hawks it is. Yeah, Hawks. Stick with Clarko. Stick with our rules. Stop talking about North. Yeah, correct. Tip and forget game. Brisbane are $1.14 favourites against Adelaide. $5.50 outsiders. They'll be playing on Sunday at one oh five at the Gabba. The line here is 31 points. The over-under, one thirty-five. Is there any way that Matty Hicks with some psychological mastery to get the boys up. Nah, Brisbane surely just flog them. You imagine so. Yeah, I, 
Although, I know last year we, we backed Brisbane a fair few times to cover the line for us against weak teams, and they didn't, so... They're not covering the line. I'm definitely not taking that. No, it's they, they can't be doing that. Not, sure. not in, not in. I mean, Gold Coast covered the line, though, didn't they? They did. Forty-four so. points. But you're backing, you're backing Adelaide to be that consistently bad every week, and they well, surely can't be that bad every week. <laughs> Although Gold Coast proved that you can be very bad for many weeks in a row. Yeah, and so. I, I reckon, I reckon Adelaide can only get. I don't see them getting any better. Yeah, that, that's that's the concerning thing. I don't see Adelaide getting any better. So I'm sorry, but Ben Keys was in the midfield. You know, like, come the on. craziest stat about Adelaide this year, they are down 36% in disposals. Yeah, they're not getting their hand on the footy. They can't do anything with it. And when they do, it's so slow and stagnant. They just yeah. don't move the footy quick enough. And they don't have the forwards to to kick long down the line to two. Because, I mean, Fogarty's a young player still coming through. But Tex doesn't take big contested yeah. pack marks. He's, he never has. It's not, not, it's not, he's, it's he's a half forward player. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah, their ball movement's so slow and they don't have a ruckman, really. Um, they're a bad football side. They're, 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 sh- they're shocking. They've got, and a lot of their good players are down. So, like, they're really good players. Like, Roy Laird he mm. barely had a touch. Lynch has barely had a touch. You know, Dodie looks out, out of sorts. Like, so, just, you know, yeah, I, I could name two players last week. Kelly and Hamill, the only two that I, I would have given a tick to mm. out of their whole team last week. They were they atrocious. So... Brisbane to cover them. Brisbane will should should cover and should do a number on them, but I'm yeah I'm just a bit worried because Brisbane can get a bit uh bit ahead of themselves. A bit relaxed and like fair enough too. Like, it'd be really hard to come into this game and be like, woohoo, yeah. no crowd. <laughs> we're playing Adelaide. Oh no, they got a few. They, they, didn't you hear the crowd? Oh yeah, they right, got a few yeah. thousand up there. And they make, they make a bit of noise. noise. So there it's you good. go. Yeah. Like more like a Sheffield Shield game. Yeah. Yeah. Nice little retro vibes for you. All right, well, yeah, Brisbane at 31.5, is the tip there. And for the last game that may or may not go ahead, could be Saturday at 7.40. There is no market for this, but Essen will be playing Carlton potentially at the MCG. I can't see how Essen get up after the week they've had. The only thing that gives me any hope that Essen get up is that they've dealt with this before. Yeah, but not... They've not... been stuffing the league up since <laughs> since it was out of fashion. Well, it wasn't really their fault, to be honest. Uh, it's still an Essendon player yeah, that has brought the league to its knees. <laughs> and when they're like, oh, we can't play with only eight like with eight players missing, it's like, you did it with 22 players missing. Yeah. Like, you filled it in seconds 11 for a whole year, one year. So don't tell us you can't do that. Uh, uh, you just can't win with one, that's uh, all. They haven't, they've barely, so they didn't even get a match sim in. They haven't barely trained because they've been awesome. I can't see how they get up against Carlton. Yeah. And it's, just, it's the same theory with Melbourne. Like They've before. done less. They've done even yeah. less. Yeah. So I, Carlton have to win that game. And if they don't, then, geez, I'd hate to be Teague. I actually hate to be the Carlton players. But I know that like there'll be some togetherness and all that sort of stuff messing, but I don't reckon that'll work after everything that's happened. I can't see... Yeah, you've had one game in about 14 weeks by that stage. Yeah, and they, like I said, they've been restricted with their training yeah. and stuff this week as well. So if, if it goes ahead, which I think it is... Surely Carlton win, and that would probably. I'd love. I don't care what odds Carlton are. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'd be all in on Carlton. If they're a dollar sixty, dollar seventy, I'd just be loading up on Carlton. Mm. They won't be that. They'll be they'll be dollar ten. They maybe. should be, but if you get some value for Carlton, load up. Yeah. They should be. <laughs> Essen should not be winning this week. No. Watch them win. <laughs> oh, no. Watch him win. I've, I've uh, backed myself Watch into a corner a couple of times. <laughs> yeah. this, this it's 100% correct. Monday.
time for our feature bets for round four. Baz, what is your best bet for us this week? Well, I just saw after talking about Carlton, they're two two dollars and five cents. That's it. They get <laughs> houses. I'm. I, I know. I've just started liquidate stocks. I've just started my own business, but I'm going into my overdraft to get. I'm just putting everything on Carlton. Max gamble, bet gamble, on, gamble, gamble responsibly, gamble responsibly, and responsibly is putting a max value bet <laughs> on Carlton. Uh, my best bet for the week, uh, I've got two actually. Collingwood at four and a half against the Giants, then Port Adelaide at eight and a half against West Coast. Uh, we don't are not affiliated with any bookmakers, but there is a bookmaker. I'm not giving them a free plug. Who are doing two dollar lines for the first couple of rounds of the season? So go Google that. Get yourself a two dollar line on both of those bets. What's your value for this week, Bezel? Oh, I'm going to go back to the well here. I know yeah. I did this last week. Some prop bets. So, uh, just one prop bet. Yeah. So, um, McPherson and Rao both kicked two goals. You know, smaller sort of right rotating through the four line. Um, Duzma kicked three against them as well. So, Charlie Cameron had a bit of a dirty day out last week because he, he was playing on one of the best small defenders in the Cobb and Shepherd. But I reckon... To kick four or more goals at four dollars thirty-three, Charlie Cameron could get the uh, Harley Davidson revving uh, on Saturday night. I think it is when they play yeah. the the Crows. So there you go. Or Sunday, sorry, when they play the Crows. There you, there go. you go. Charlie Cameron for four or more goals at four dollars thirty-three. Four goals, four dollars. Great value. Uh, my value bets. I'm going back to the well. So Collingwood to win the first quarter, Collingwood to win head-to-head, and under 122.5 is paying you $5. And then also if you go back to the uh, odds boost lines, Collingwood at 4.5 line and Port Adelaide at 8.5 line is paying $8.13. They're my two value bets for round four. And what is your rough action? Uh, my roughie is Carlton head-to-head, Port Adelaide head-to-head, Richmond head-to-head, Geelong head-to-head. So four-leg multi, $7.10. $7.10. I reckon that's paying unders for a bloke that's averaging four tips a week. <laughs> Whack. Got that. Am I leading the kit tipping? I don't even know where I am in the tipping. Oh, uh, we're equal. We're, we're both equal. on we're both on 16. And what, what's the model? Uh, the model is on 15. That's good. At least we've got the model covered. Got the model covered plenty. My roughie is called Down Under this week. I've found four games which I think will go under the target. So... GWS Collingwood, St Kilda Richmond, Melbourne Geelong, and Hawthorne North Melbourne. Roll them all together with an odds boost. You get $13.69. And so that brings us to the end of the podcast. If you have any of your tips or picks you want to get promoted, hit us up on Twitter at WATOSPod. That's What Are the Odds Pod. And uh, if you make some cash out of your tips, give us some kudos, give us a like, give us a follow, or a five star.